Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Before we get started, I would like to reflect on this podcast. Well, actually on the podcast, but I would like to reflect about something else. I would like to reflect about my vacation with my family this year because I didn't really say enough about it. So to give you some context, last year, we all went on vacation for two weeks to Martha's Vineyard, and that was too much time together. And at the end of the vacation, I wrote my entire family a long letter saying, these are the rules moving forward, and gave several examples of behavior that I was not accepting of or will tolerate anymore in the future, and made sure that everyone knew that, you know, please, thank you, and making eye contact are important things to have going on in your repertoire as a human being. So I sent that letter. I mean, it took me a long time to write it because I had to edit it because, you know, the first version of that letter is like, fuck you. The second version is like, fuck you guys, but I love you. And then the third version is I love you, but not but I love you. And so I started out with a lot of love and I wrote a very heartfelt letter to my family and they received it really well. My whole family last summer felt really badly that anything had gone you know, wrong or nobody seemed appreciative or gracious or, you know, whatever my complaints may have been. And it was good because it was like, you know, a post-therapy letter. Like, I would not have had the tools to write that letter if I hadn't gone to therapy. I wouldn't even be here if I hadn't gone to therapy. I would probably would have just started having road rage and eventually murdered somebody. So uh, they received the letter really well, which is great. And then this year we had another vacation. And the women who came in to clean the house in the morning came up to me and this woman was like, I just have to tell you, like your family is the most polite, nice family we've ever worked for. And I just thought, oh my God, I had tears in my eyes. I was so, I was like, well, meanwhile, you should see the letter I fucking wrote them last summer and that's why they're acting like this. But whatever, whatever gets the horse to the water, right? So oh, that was a good therapy before, middle and after thing for me. And I thought I would share it with the audience because it really works when you take the time to think about sending something and not just firing stuff off. Even when you're texting, like I was texting my friend the other morning and she kind of was going back and forth. And I just could tell that the texting, the tempo of the texting was no longer fun or in jest or like it just became like angry texting. And I just noticed it and I thought, this isn't fun. You know, those people you see at the airport that are like pounding into their phone as they're walking down like the corridor or whatever the hell it's called. I guess it's called a hall. That's not a hot look either. I think I've mentioned that before, but it's once you get some self-awareness and realize, oh, you're guilty of doing these things too. You're like, oh, I'm not doing that. Anyway, I thought I would share that personal story. Anyway, Brandon, what is our subject matter today, sweetheart? What are we going to tackle and who are we going to tackle? Well, you already tackled, you already tackled somebody this morning. Well, sweetheart, it's people that are on a little bit of a time crunch. And we all feel that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So we have have a caller who uh, feels like their biological clock is ticking. Oh, God. Paying bills. I mean, it's a wide variety of issues. Okay, we're going to take a quick break so I can have some of my medication now. And we will be back so we can take some questions. Our first submission comes from Jeremy from Salt Lake City. Oh, we are familiar with the area. Yeah, I love Salt Lake. Well, I don't love it. Well, Well, we like Utah. No, well, I we lo- like Park City. I don't like the alcohol problem no. in Park City. I well, don't the like the non-problem really because they barely let you drink. It's so annoying to order a fucking drink in Salt Lake City. 
in Utah. And then it's like, I don't know, an eighth of a shot that they put in a drink. And so if you can't order a double. And you can't order two at once. And you can't order two drinks at once. So I can't even go to Utah. Oh, really. it's problematic. Remember um, the show I did in Utah? I was performing at some theater there last year and it was dry. Yeah, it was a dry theater. And I almost flipped out. I'm yeah. like, I cannot perform. I cannot have my fans come and not drink. It turned out it was like one of the best shows I've ever had. So Meanwhile, because they probably all got really fucked up before they got there. Yeah. So I just think it's ready. so unfair to go to a venue and then not be provided with alcohol. Uh, I agree. Sweetheart. I mean, the, the law, that law is so, so stupid because it's the Mormon state. Yeah, well, right? it's archaic. It's yeah. I have a love hate relationship with Utah. Anyway, so Jeremy, he's 37. He's an uh, Instagram traveler. What a, what what a great occupation. What? He probably travels and posts it on Instagram. I want to be an Instagram traveler. Well, you kind of were on Netflix. He writes, Dear Chelsea, here's my dilemma. I'm 37 and I've never been in a serious relationship. I just can't seem to find anyone that I like better than my amazing single life. Whatever should I do? Would you give up your ski trips to do something they want to do? So, like, would you give up your ski trips to prioritize something that you were dating? Like, if they wanted no, to go do something no, else? No, I do well, it. I think we both knew the answer well, to I... that. But Jeremy's on the phone, so <laughs> let's see what's going on. I feel like there's more to this situation, and I bet he is a former Mormon. I have a sneaking suspicion. Uh, hi, Jeremy. I bet he is. How are you? Hi, how are you? Wow. I'm good. You are cute. Wow, Brandon. I'm very you... much a former Mormon. Are you? Keep your pants yeah. on. Well, I mean, I just, fuck? I can just, I can appreciate when someone's cute. I know, but it was like you're throwing yourself at him through the screen. Through the screen? Yeah. Well, that would be painful. Hi, Jeremy. You are cute. Hi. Nice to meet you. Both of you are cute too. So, oh, thank I, you. I, I can relate. Okay. So, you're a former Mormon? Former Mormon, BYU graduate, return missionary, as Mormons say. So, I've, I've done all of the things they asked me to do. But surprisingly, they never did anything that I asked them to do. So it wasn't really a mutually beneficial relationship. Well, how do, what were you asking them to do? I was asking them to answer any of my prayers, my questions, and why everything is the way that it is. Why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? But yet they never really gave me anything in return for all the things that I was so diligent in doing for them, like not drinking, for example. Uh-huh, right. So when What's did the you point? No, I know there is no point to life there without no cocktails, point. honestly. So when did you leave the church, as they say? Yeah. So actually the last week of December in 2008, when I graduated from BYU, I told my family that I wasn't sure if I wanted to date men or women. And it just didn't go over very well, as you can imagine. That's another archaic, yeah. Well, it's a, I like to frame things in a pre-glee or post-glee world uh, because for a lot of people, like I graduated high school in 2008 and the there was like an acceptance or a media focus on inclusion of like LGBTQ people that kind of broaden people's scope or viewpoint on gay youth. And mm -hmm. that was a very tricky time, I'm sure, to tell your family, because that was before we were kind of seeing it everywhere. That, like, look, the inclusion is so important for people of a certain age. So are you into guys, girls, both? What's your story? So I'm into both, actually. I, I, fun. I That's fun. dated women. It's more, it's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, Maybe I'll do that. You should can, do that. Guys and girls. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can just imagine flipping a coin and heads or tails, and you're like, both, because I win heads or tails. Yeah, right. I get it. <laughs> Do you prefer one over the other? I have a much stronger emotional connection 
to women, the women I've dated, the women that I have in my life. And, but I have a very strong physical attraction to men and not necessarily as strong to women. So you kind of get stuck in between with wondering, well, which direction do I go? Because I'm not necessarily attracted just to individuals. There's characteristics that I like of both. And so I find myself going on a lot of first dates and I'll explain to a girl that, yes, I have attraction to men. And they're like, ah, like that doesn't really vibe with them. And then I tell a man, yeah, I still enjoy going out and dating women. And their response is exactly the same. So you really don't know how to be authentic when something that's at your core, most people don't understand. I could, right. I, yeah, I can see that. I can see that being an issue because I'm just trying to think if I went on a date with a guy and he said he was into guys, I would, my first reaction would be like, oh no, then you're not into girls. But it's not that way. Like we're, you know, as we're all learning and growing up mm -hmm. and getting, you know, aware of the situation, it's really not that way. It's another societal construct, you know, that men are supposed to be with girls and, you know, and then mm -hmm. you have a baby. Like, yeah, I guess I guess as we move forward, there's going to be more and more people that are going to like having sex with both sexes or attracted to a non-binary person. Well, and I keep telling you, you could become a late in life. I know, sweetheart. We talk about this moment. all the time. Well, when I do it, I'll let you know. I'll let the whole world well, know. I'd like you to open yourself up to that possibility sooner. So do you want a relationship, Jeremy? So it's interesting because I don't, I don't have anybody in my life that I look at their relationship and I aspire to like live like them. I feel like a lot of people in my life aspire to live the life that I live. So it's very hard for me to say, yes, I want a relationship, even though at my core, I feel like I've been programmed to not be fulfilled and complete unless I have somebody else by my side. Like, what do we do? Like, I want to go skiing this weekend. And every weekend and every day. And you don't. But yet, I like this about you. And, but it's not a complete package. So I'm stuck trying to figure that out. Mm, yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean, it's confusing when you talk about it. So I can understand you being confused also. I'm confused slightly. Are you, sweetheart? No, I understand what he's saying. Because I think that relationships are framed in a certain way and we are conditioned to believe that they must maintain a certain structure in order for them to be successful. And what we've seen is that that's not true. And you embracing your individuality and autonomy in that way. Like, I would like to maintain these aspects of my life. What that means for you is that you're going to have to find someone to fit within your current lifestyle that you would like to maintain, which is possible. Hopefully, it's someone that loves to ski on the weekends, some weekends, but then wants to take a trip on their own with their friends. Like, that is the best possible outcome. Like, that you are two individuals who can come together but still live somewhat separate lives like that. There's longevity in those types of relationships. Someone told me one time that their relationship had lasted so long because they worked in entertainment and that they both basically live totally separate lives. Mm -hmm. like yeah, that, well, that's, that's, a, that's one way to keep a relationship alive is yeah, to not exactly. live together. I mean... But I think, you know, I don't ever think if I'm going to be in a relationship long term or I just I try and appreciate my singledom while I have it because I know eventually there's going to be guys around, you know, like there's always somebody popping in and out of your life. So I really enjoy 
every day that I'm alone because I'm like, just enjoy this, enjoy this, enjoy this. I mean, I might enjoy it a little too much. Some would argue. Right. I am selfish and I've become more selfish as I've gotten older because I realize what I like, what I want and how I want it. Right. I mean, Chelsea, I've mastered everything you just talked about. Right. For for both of you, then it's a good (laughs) reminder that when the right person materializes, you're going to find the adaption and inclusion of them into your life much easier. Much it's, not, more, it's not going to feel like work. It's going to be much less effort, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Because, and then you don't have to think about it as a compromise. Like, I wouldn't let anybody into my orbit unless they were an additive, unless they were, like, adding mm-hmm. something to the situation. I'm not going to get into a back and forth tug of war with, like, a guy or a long distance. Actually, long distance is a good, I like that because obviously they're not around all the time. But, I remember being in a real troubling relationship that I was in for a couple of years and he was in New York and I was in LA and we would just go back and forth and it was just constant like who's doing what and how can I show up for you and how can you show up for me and it was like it was just so depleting like all of that negotiation and the compromise so I understand what you're saying about compromising things it can be depleting to an extent if that person isn't primarily just adding something to your life. I wonder about long-term relationships too because I can't even make a short term or short distance or long distance. That's the tricky part is saying, well, I want my own time, but yet I want to see this person and I want it to be convenient. Mm. But I think the right person for you changes throughout the course of your relationship. So it's about how you can change together and keep that relationship going as you're both changing and evolving. Because if you had to constantly worry about the right person at each moment, you would be going through relationships on a cycle like your opinions of people change how you feel about them change you have to weather some of those things so like you may wake up one morning and like a woman you may wake up one morning like a man like that's going to happen in your situation but it's about if you find a relationship and knowing that that person is who you want to continue to build a life with that minutia doesn't matter of like well right now they don't feel like the right person but long term are they like you have to see kind of you have to use some forward thinking about where you see your life with that person. Yeah, like my psychiatrist, Dan, when I would talk about this, he'd be like, do you want to be in a relationship? And I was like, I don't know. Do I, you tell me. Do I want to be in a relationship? Because I really don't fucking know. Like, And he was like, you have to think about that. And so we had conversations. I go, yeah, I want to be in a relationship. And this was like two years ago. And he said, okay, well, you need to put yourself in situations where you're going to be meeting men, you know, men that you wouldn't normally run into. And he was like, I want you to go to this conference. I want you to do things that are outside of your comfort zone to meet men. And literally like a weekend, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to meet anyone. <laughs> like after having to put that effort forth, I'm like, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't want to have to make such an effort to meet someone, you know, either I will or I won't, but I'm not going to actively pursue it in that way. It's just not part of my DNA. And I'm getting the same vibe from you. You're not actively pursuing a relationship because you probably are not ready to have one or don't want one. Well, it's also I have so many amazing hobbies and activities and friends and you fill your life with time. Your time is is finite, right? We all have 24 hours in a day. And it's like, what do I want to spend my time doing trying to create an experience with a, a, somebody I don't know and I've never met, but I, I want to meet them or use that same time to have incredible experiences with the people that are already in your life and hope that at some point somebody crosses your path when people say, 
when you least expect it. Sounds well, like Brandon, okay, the, what well, do you my, think? My final thought on this is, I know you're saying that you're not having luck in this area, but I think you're going to have much more luck finding a gay man or a, another bisexual man who is going to give you the ability to still have connections with women. Also, mm-hmm. like, maybe it's not going to be a monogamous relationship. Like, that's also something that's happening all the time oh, now. Oh, that's already, that, I already made that determination. And so, I would say, what I would say is like, oh yeah, don't open with telling people you're bisexual, but like girls, but then I'm like, no, because you have to be upfront and honest. You have to tell people the truth right away. I'm all for that, but it's pro- clearly scaring girls off, so he can't even pursue, you know. And does it scare guys off too? Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, right. I, I think authenticity scares people in general. Yeah, no, tell me about it, sister. How's your family now with your bisexuality? Are they better? Uh, I haven't spoken to them in almost 10 years, actually. You don't talk to any of your siblings? Mm-mm. Oh, a long what time. a shame. That is so heartbreaking. I'm so sorry. It worked out for the better. So they are very conservative. They're not progmos. <laughs> very conservative. But it worked out for the best because they were inhibiting me from living my best life. Yeah, it sucks, but I'm so happy today. How can I look back and say, oh, I'm so mad that happened, right? Yeah, that's the right attitude. But that's a big injury. Even if it worked out for the best, it is really hard to have your parents desert you in that way, abandon you. And how are you vulnerable in a relationship when your most vulnerable moment in your entire life, you got kicked to the curb by the people that were supposed to love you the most? Yeah, so maybe that's a bigger issue for you. It might be, yeah. Growing up Mormon, you're basically trained to lie and be really good at lying for your entire life. And when I left the church, I was like, I don't have to lie anymore. I don't have to be dishonest. I don't have to get up in front of people and tell them that I believe in all of this and feel that pressure and make these covenants that they talk about. And so at the same time, I'm, I'm done with that phase of my life. I, I don't need to lie anymore. I want to be authentic. And that's probably been the biggest challenge in dating for me is that my desire to be authentic and my best self is not met with the same excitement that I need it with in my life. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But I think you're on the right track. You know, I think that you can't alter your behavior because of anyone's reaction. Right. You know that. So I think you are on the right track and your appreciation and joie de vie for life is impressive. And I think it. Yeah. And I think it does. It's intense. You're an intense guy. Right. And people get, get, get scared of that. I can relate to that for sure. But I would just say, what what are we saying, Brandon? What I what, did, are, what, I what advice are we giving here? That you really don't need to make any sort of correction. I mean, you seem to have a really good outlook on where you're at and that you know if someone comes in, they're going to have to be kind of that missing puzzle piece for you. You're not going to rearrange to make them work into your lifestyle. But I think more people need to take that outlook. Yeah, I think you have a great outlook. You're only 37 years old. You have plenty of time, so don't worry about that. And from what you're saying, you don't even want to be in a real compromising- I do and I don't, right? It's like you do and you don't. You want it, but you don't want it all. I feel that too. I I want it sometimes, and then I'm like, no. Please leave. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Good luck, I guess, Jeremy. Good luck. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see you, you in Utah. We'll see you at Park City one day. Skiing. Yeah, let's, we'll continue the conversation on the slopes. That's that's where every problem is solved. Yeah. I'll do double duty. We I can, will find you both. Or somebody. we'll both come to Salt Lake and we'll, you can have sex with both of us. Uh, Really? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Brandon's I don't know if that's within her purview to offer me up for, <laughs> but she'll do it for basically anything else. So. Mm, so anyway, yeah, sit with that. 
I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to sit with it, sit on it, sit around it. Sit yeah. Top, sit on top of it. Okay. It. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Have a great day, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. Bye nice meeting you. You know what I don't like about men? Everything. Well, the smells. The the thing that I have a problem. Are I feel like we didn't help him at no, all. No, I don't think it, he was confusing. He was a little confusing. There was a lot going on there. That's. He was. He's very intense though. And he you reminded see... me of Christian Gray. Who is that? From, from like Fifty Shades of Gray. Like he was like a very <laughs> yeah. unwavering, but also very. Also not specific. <laughs> right, but 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 very broad and. <laughs> And what he was looking for. That may for. have been our worst advice call so far, sweetheart. He, he was he was really cute, but I could see why going on a date with him would be a little exhausting. Well, yes. Because imagine sitting down and having all that information unloaded on you yeah, right away. You're just like, I know. But what I mean, he has to be honest. I respect that. I respect his honesty. There, you what, know? what do you think about someone like that though? Who it wasn't a woe was me or like a victim mentality, but the idea that nothing and no one is ever going to come along that will he didn't have that i see i felt like he did have that he's like i i don't i can't find this this isn't happening no matter what i do like it's not happening on an app it's not happening in person to me i'm like that's that's certainly not true like it has to be happening somewhere and either you're not allowing it to come in Mm -hmm. or you're I, I don't know. Like, I know my problem is like, when I actively look for somebody to have sex with, it happens right yeah, away. When I when I don't actively look, it doesn't happen. So <laughs> it's hard to get the stamina to pursue all the time. Like, my sister Simone was on a date the other night, and she was telling me, Shauna and Simone and I are on a text thread for sissies, and she says, I went on a date from, you know, Bumble or Hinge or whatever site she's on, and she's like, it's just, I can't, I can't keep doing this. It's just too depressing, the, the men out there. And I'm like... I know the effort you have to put forth in the pursuit of someone is not something I'm willing to put forth. Yeah. I'm not willing to put forth that I effort. I get that. And I told Simone, I said, you should just give up. Like, I think we should call it, just wrap it up, and she can come, we can live together and just transition into our elderly lesbian state. I do think things can happen more organically than people assume anymore. I think that they think the only means is to have these minor very surface level interactions online. And I don't believe that to be true. I think you have to recondition yourself to having in-person interactions. Everything is online. So I don't see people walk up to someone in a bar anymore. Like unless you are on the phone and they're in your area and you're on that app, there's no interaction. If people had the confidence or stamina to maintain in-person conversations, I think you'd be much more likely to find a partner. Well, but then where, where? What do you? What do you mean? Like you, you don't, to just go and start yes, talking to someone. Yes, you give someone a compliment. You start a conversation. Oh right, yeah, like I don't know. Are, I, yeah, you're it, right. It can be done. It used to be done. So there are other ways and outlets to find someone you're interested in. Join a club. Find a hobby. Uh, join a, group. a club. What? Like a lawn bowling club? What, you what could club? maybe at least then you know that there's a hobby. Join in, a club in common. Well, you know what I thought? I thought, oh, I'll meet someone skiing. You know, on the slopes on the chairlift. Like it's yeah. easy. I'm like, this is perfect. Uh-huh. And I. It was so hard because, A, everyone's faces are covered. So mm-hmm. you don't even know what you're talking to. You can't see the person that you're talking to. Yeah. So then putting the effort forth and maybe not. But that's a very specific example of you doing something that you like. Like, yes, the chairlift is not going to be ideal for finding someone because you can't see what they look like. It's hard to hear them. But what about Apray? You see a guy that you find attractive. How often do you walk over and start a conversation with him? If he's not part of your immediate friend group no, or a friend of that. a friend, but I you could. I'm, no, but I'm shy, actually. 
if people put themselves out more and that is an attractive quality that someone just walks mm-hmm. up to you to start a conversation. Yeah, yeah. I get shy around guys that I like. I do I don't know what that is. It doesn't match my personality. Like I want them to take the lead and I want them to take control and I want them to come over. But if I, everyone uh, waits for that, no one gets I anywhere. Know, you're and right. then you're all fucking on these apps. Get off the apps. I know the apps it's so are so stupid. annoying. I was like texting with some guy on Raya and I was like, I can't do this. Even that was like I'm like, it's even opening the Raya app is like too much for me. But people also, this is advice for anyone who's dating, because this is something I deal with with all of my friends who are on Raya or Bumble or Tinder. There's conversation, but there's no setup to actually get together. Like, I would exchange two messages like, hey, <laughs> no, no, we both liked so each other's profile. How are you? How's your day going? Whatever. Hey, I'm available one night this week. Do you want to grab dinner? Like, you need to set it up immediately because there are too many people. There are too many other sources to grab their attention. You need to get them on the fucking hook. If you're that interested in them, you need to set a date to do something. They're just like, no, we've been talking for three months. I'm like, for what? Are they your counselor? I think it's like... I. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are you talking about for three months no, on an app? I wouldn't talk They're to somebody your, for It's that like a modern-day pen pal. I also don't want to talk on the phone before I meet the person. I want to see them, and if there's <sighs> anything to talk about, we'll find out about it. You know what I mean? I don't right. want to be on the phone. I don't want you to FaceTime me, and I don't want to FaceTime you, and I don't want to talk for a long period of time before we meet up. That I, is not going to happen. I, I also have a proposed setup for dates is that everyone should set it up for a drink and have a reservation made for dinner just in case, but you don't tell that person that. So you you both know that you're going to drinks at a specific location. You find a restaurant nearby for a reservation for dinner in case it's going well. So that way you can say, hey, like I set this up. Do you, you want to go grab dinner? But you have an out. We're like, you know, happy hours only last so long. And you got to get out of there. Mm, yeah, I'm going to do that tonight. I'm going to if I see someone cute at, at Hotel Bel Air, I'm going there for early dinner tonight. I'll go up to them. And then I realize, oh, I'm in L.A. I already know people there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like L.A. is there's something about L.A. that makes it very hard to to be freestyle like that. Like LA is- Well, I would like to challenge you. That's my advice to you. I would like to challenge you that in a social setting next time with people you don't know, if you find someone attractive, mm-hmm. that you start a conversation. Okay. And you are good at that. You can go give them a compliment about something. Mm-hmm. There, you, you will find a way, sweetheart, without a doubt. I know, you're right. I'm gonna do that, actually. We're gonna do that. That's gonna be, I'm gonna go up and approach men now from now on. I think that's exactly what I need to to do. Because I could do it for anything else in my life. It's just that one area that I'm like a little girl-like. Well, and there's no reason for you, sweetheart. You're beautiful. Oh, sweetheart. Oh, God. Stop it. Our next mission comes from Marissa from San Diego. She's 29. She's starting law school. She writes, Dear Chelsea, I'm almost a 30-year-old woman, and I was hit really hard during COVID-19 before coronavirus. I was in a two-year long-term relationship. I had a job I loved in the entertainment industry, and I lived in an apartment in a cool part of L.A. Since then, I've lost my job, my apartment, and broke up with my boyfriend after I found out he was cheating on me. As of right now, I'm struggling with what to do on the relationship front. I'm planning on starting law school in the fall. I also want to get married and have kids at some point. I just feel like my biological clock is running out of time. I feel overwhelmed trying to figure out how to balance education and career and trying to have a family. How can I work through all of these things? How did you prioritize your career? Ugh, these are struggles we all go through. Marissa, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Hi, Marissa. Hi. Sorry about your boyfriend cheating on you. Uh, it's okay. It happens. <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. And it's not the end of the world. But I would say right off the bat that prioritizing your education and going to law school is, A, you'll probably meet somebody in law school. And B, that's more important than meeting somebody right now. Like you have to take care of yourself and get yourself on the right track. So that takes priority, you know. So that's your first point of operation is going to school, taking care of yourself, doing what's best so that you're able to take care of you. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of what I'm trying to work through is like focusing on myself, but also just freaking out. Like, am I running out of time? Am I just going to get lost in like, like working to become a lawyer? Well, you have to remember that the time construct is being placed on you. So you think that you need to achieve these things by a certain point because that's what you've seen. But you're still young. Like you'll go through law school. You'll get through law school. You will have plenty of time for a family and to find a partner. And I think once you get through law school, you'll realize that it's not as critical in terms of timing as it feels right now because you just have so much going on and you know you're about to enter this new stage of life that you want to be able to check all these boxes. But that list will still be there to check when you get done with law school and you're in a better position. And it's very likely, like every lawyer I know, well, not every lawyer I know, but a lot of people, you're going to meet so many people in law school, you don't even know what your life is going to be like in four years, you know, and what your priorities are going to be like. And if you're going to want, if you're going to feel the same way that you feel right now. And it's a difficult time. You're coming out of COVID. You know, you've said you've been really hit hard by this. I believe you, you know. And so this isn't a time for you to be worrying about making sure that you're ticking all these boxes. You have to take it one step at a time. And we get overwhelmed when we think we have to do everything all at one time. And everything, there's an urgency for all of it. When your life is kind of unraveled in a certain way and you're trying to weave it all back together, everything feels like it has to be done right now, right now, right now. And it doesn't. And you're doing the most important thing right now, which is setting yourself up for success later. Yeah. Think about how much easier it's going to be to have a family and kids once you're an attorney. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I won't be in like a small apartment just trying to figure things out. Right. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. That's very calming, actually, and very helpful. And we we both feel that way in different ways. Like we both, there's an urgency with work or there's, this has to be done right now, right now, right now. And sometimes you, she'll have to say it to me like, hey, you're wound tight. Or I'll have to tell her like, it's on the list, but this isn't urgent. There are other things we need to get done first. And so it's not just you. Everyone feels this way. And everyone's personal yeah. life feels like it's not where they want it to be, but it will be. Yeah, yeah. And just feeling like I lost a year because of COVID, but trying to realize like everyone kind of was going through the same thing. So yeah, that and everything is temporary. Listen, everyone is coming out of COVID and it has had a hard year. Everybody. Some people have been hit really hard and some people less so. But you have to be okay with not knowing what is going to happen. You have to get comfortable with that because, you know, if you're tied too tightly to a plan and it doesn't work, then it's you're causing yourself suffering. You know, you have to be okay with like, okay, this is the step I'm taking here. This is what's happening now. And maybe later down the road, you can think of that. But it's not like it doesn't have to happen immediately. You don't have to find your husband and have your children and, and, you know, and check that box. It doesn't it's just not necessary. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. Was that helpful? Yeah, that was really helpful. Okay. It, like, helped me put into perspective, like, not trying to do everything at once. Right, right. Make sure you remind yourself of that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thank you, Marissa. Take care. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Bye. Our next submission comes from Alex from NYC. Uh, they're a music teacher. I'm not saying there because I'm not sure their preferred pronoun or where they are on that spectrum. Hi. Uh, oh, oh. Oh. Hi. Oh, Alex. Hi. We, I, was just, I was just about to read your submission, but since you're here, why don't you just why don't you just give us a breakdown of what's going on now? Okay, sure. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. So um, I guess the biggest thing I'm dealing with right now is that in late November, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. He's my only living parent, and he lives on his own on the opposite coast from me. 
So we haven't been together through the pandemic. And then the other thing that I'm dealing with is I kind of throughout the pandemic, before I even knew that my dad was sick, I was falling behind in my rent. And that felt like a normal problem to have during COVID times, I guess. But my, I think maybe since I emailed you, I've been kind of given a letter from my landlord's attorney being like, you may be served with something in 20 days or something like that, some scary letter. So I just feel like I have a lot on my mind and it's hard to feel productive and it's hard to figure out whether I should just say like, fuck it and go like be with my dad or... I think, A, there's something called Pandemic of Love. My friend runs this organization and they help with relief with money and they pair you up with somebody who will help you financially. So how do we get in touch with Shelly? It's Shelly Tiglieski's organization. It's at Mindful Skate Girl is her Instagram handle. And you have to say, I sent you. And they'll pair you up with a sponsor who will help you financially for, you know, however long you need to be helped. Okay, so there's one thing, that's one thing you could do. You just have to give them your situation and explain, you know, it's COVID relief, it's helping for all of the people. It's called Mindful What? Sorry. Okay, so the organization is called pandemicoflove.com and her Instagram handle is Mindful Skater Girl. Mindful Skater Girl, okay. Yeah, definitely just say I sent you, okay? Okay. They've helped millions of people and they are continuing to help millions of people. So that's one thing you could do. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Wow. Problem solved on that front. Now, (laughs) as far as far as your dad having cancer, what? So you're on you're in New York or he's in New York. Oh, you're in New York. I'm in New York. Yeah. And he's He's in Long Beach. Okay, so you want to be with him, right? Yeah, I mean, hopefully it would be safe to think about traveling again. Yeah, Um, for sure. So, yeah, I think you want to be with your dad during this time, you know? Yeah. So what are your options? Are you, do you have a job right now? Like, how can you make that happen? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much back to the workflow that I had pre-pandemic. It was just the first three months or so that I kind of fell behind and yeah. But I'm, I'm back to, yeah, making money. I just, I don't know if I can come up with, you know, whatever the money that they want me to come up with in the next 20 days or something. Well, and have you, what I've realized from a lot of people who are in similar situations is that there is, just not enough communication between the landlord and the tenant or whoever is responsible for obtaining the funds for your unit and just saying like, this is where I'm at. This is what I can afford right now, either to add additionally to what I am currently paying on my rent. I feel like communications can be had because you both want the same resolution. You don't want to have to leave. They just want their money. So have you, have you gone through that protocol of trying to figure out what that would look like to get them additional funds? Yes. So It seems like I can't say this for certain, but I requested a repair to be made in my apartment. Mm -hmm. And then they like returned with this like letter saying like, you owe us rent kind of. Mm -hmm. So it just, it feels a little like, I mean, New York landlords are assholes. Like, yeah, yeah. Donald Trump is a New York landlord. Mm -hmm. So too bad he's not your landlord. (laughs) Oh, what a good laugh. Well, then there would be multiple repairs. Oh, you had the best laugh. Oh, oh! You need to laugh more. Oh, okay. So that but, helps lighten but, any situation. But what are you gonna? So I'm just confused. Like, so can you go visit your father? Can you work remotely? Yeah, I mean, I I just feel so frozen and stuck, and like it feels like a struggle. I, I mean, I'm probably not even giving my best to my clients these days. I don't even know. But what do you do for um, a living? I'm a teacher. Okay, so you can do that remotely, right? 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so I think what you need to do is you need to get hooked up with Pandemic of Love. That's going to take care of your rent situation, okay? And then I think you need to make plans. How long would you want to come out and see your dad for? Like, do you want to spend, um, like, a month here? Or do you want to spend, like, what? what's your game plan? Yeah, I mean, it's also, it has to do with, like, my lease ends at the end of the summer, so I don't even know what that is going to look like, you know, depending on how this pans out with my landlord. That's it. The other thing is just, it just all feels like it's, happening right now and my dad just finished radiation he just is looking really rough and i want to be with him yeah i think you should make plans get yourself a ticket for two weeks and go out there for a set amount of time whether it's a week or a month like how much time do you see yourself spending in long beach yeah i I could see myself spending maybe two weeks there i get a little restless there but yeah okay i've never been there under these circumstances right okay so i think you should give give yourself two weeks to come out here right just deal with what this situation right now don't worry about your lease being up at the end of the summer you're going to get this sorted out with pandemic of love i think that's what i am kind of sensing is just like i lost my mom to cancer at a young age and so this feels like kind of a resurfacing of that trauma. And I feel like I know, I know I'll be super, I'll have so many regrets if I don't spend time with him and God forbid I lose him. Yeah, it is re-traumatizing. I know what you mean. It feels like an abandonment, right? You know, you lose somebody you love and you feel abandoned. And even though it's not their fault, that's what you're left feeling. And so, of course, it's a trigger, you know? I mean, word of the day or word of the year with everybody using fucking trigger, (laughs) it's so annoying. But, But it's true. It is a trigger, right? It's a trigger for you. And you did lose your mom. And I'm sorry about that. All you can do is show up for the people that you care about in your life and be there for him. You know, that's what you want to do. You love your dad. He loves you. All you can do is be with him and let him know that he's loved by you, right, during this time. And you can Mm -hmm. support him in whatever way you can, and that means get to him. And as soon as you have that, I think when you have someone, you know, when you're close to a family member, it all kind of makes a lot more sense. All the stress in your life seems to simmer down when you're in close proximity to family members. Yeah, and I don't know how, yeah, exactly. I don't know how much of, like, what I'm feeling is just disconnection because I've been alone for the last year and change. So I feel kind of in a vacuum with my own feelings and then things keep piling on. I think once you get something in place and a lot of it you have to remember is not going to be solved overnight. So once you just get things in motion for kind of each of these stressors, seeing your dad, once you know that you either have like a bus ticket booked or a plane ticket, whatever that looks like, and you have something on your calendar, like, okay, I can alleviate this stressor with my dad. I know I'm going to see him at this time. I know I've spoken to the landlord about this aspect. It makes all those things feel a little less stressful because you know things are in motion. Yeah. And it's the, it's when you're stagnant that you feel like, okay, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. That's when you become more stressed. It's, you're left with just those feelings instead of an action. So just keep the momentum going. Make a list today of the things you know you need to address. And then just make sure every day you're looking at that and that something is happening. That you've either made a phone call, you've sent a text message, you let him know, like, these are the dates, put it on your calendar, whatever that looks like. Because once yeah. once the wheels are turning, it's going to put you back in motion. You're going to be able to give a little bit more to your clients. You're going to be able to give a little bit more attention to your dad. You're going to know I'm going to be in a safe place with my home at the end of the summer. You'll have answers. It's the unknown that is so menacing. Totally, yeah. It's totally the uncertainty that is, you know, driving me crazy. And just not knowing whether he'll survive, not knowing well, whether I'll have a place to live, et cetera, et cetera. Just like feels like a lot you can only control so much and what you can control is how you address each of these situations. So once you take back that power and know that I've made the decisions in these areas, you're not going to feel as overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you're just overwhelmed right now. I can see it on your face. Yeah. You're 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 exhausted, <laughs> and you're not alone. Everybody, you know, so many people are just like, "Fuck, what the fuck?" And it's the lack of interaction with others also that's taking its toll on everybody. Yeah. So without that, you're only alone with your own thoughts, and you're only sitting there thinking, "Oh yeah." And there's a, so much inertia right now, and so much inaction mm-hmm. that it does feel overwhelming. But you're going to be okay. You're going to be you. okay. You're breathing. You're going to be fine. <laughs> You've made it through the last year. Like you've yeah. come, you come out on the other side of that. So you're you're in control yeah. and it's going to keep getting better. <laughs> yeah. And your dad, listen, you know, whatever happens with your dad, you're also going to be OK. Yeah. You know that? Like you're going to be OK. It's very difficult to deal with losing a parent. And it's I can't even imagine what it's like to lose two parents. Actually, both of my parents are dead, so I can. <laughs> but it is overwhelming. But all you can do is show up and be loving. Like, that's all you can yeah. do. Is That's your gift to your dad, you know, is to be there with him and do what you can. You're, you know, I understand that how difficult it is. But even if your father, you know, has a really difficult time, even if he passes away, you are going to be OK. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm sorry you're I'm sorry you're going through this right now. I feel for it's you. Okay. You're you're strong though. Yeah, you are and, and strong. That, and that's what you need Asking to remember. Asking for help that, is really strong that you also. you have you have that strength within you and you certainly got that from somewhere and I'm assuming it's your two parents and yeah. my gran- my grandfather used to say don't borrow trouble and I try and remember that that these things that you're worried about like especially with your dad because that is something totally out of your control in all aspects. And so just being there for him and accepting his current state but knowing that you're going to operate in a way that whatever happens, you've done the best that you can for yourself and for him. It's going to give you a peace of mind. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I just, it's just weird when you feel like something happened when you're so young that you feel like, of course, like that's a kind of pain that I can conquer and get over and get through. And then something, you get a phone call that, you know, somebody has cancer and then all of a sudden your world comes crashing down. Yeah, but you don't you don't you don't really know the power of your own strength and being by your father's side is going to remind you of how strong you are because you're going to be strong for him and you're going to be able to tap into that reservoir of strength that you have. You are. It's just right now it feels like a fucking shitstorm, but you, I think you're going to feel better as soon as even I think you're feeling better. You know what I mean? You're letting it out and you should also look yeah. on, look online and find an online counselor or someone you can talk yeah, to. I- I have a therapist who's seeing me for free right now, really generously. Oh, oh that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. So, I mean, you can go through all of this stuff. You know, these are life things that we all have to deal with. Everybody has to deal with a parent dying at some point. And the fact that you already went through it, I know like how I know what you mean. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I remember when my dad died. I was so unemotional about it, not emotional. A little disconnected. Disconnected because I was like, well, this is just another death. My brother died. My mother died. Like, we know how to do this. Death is the one thing I know how to do. I can handle this. I can handle that. And I remember saying, like, am I going to have delayed grief to my psychiatrist? Because my whole therapy journey was about delayed grief for my brother dying. I'm like, oh, fuck, am I going to have delayed grief again? And he's like, no, but and I go, why aren't I having a reaction to this? And he's like... I think you've been grieving for so long, like this un- this delayed grief that's been living inside of you that you've been dealing with for so long that you're a little bit out of grief. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm like, that's interesting. And he's like, yeah, sometimes that happens. He goes, it might hit you later. Like, you know, you're reacting to the diagnosis, right? You're reacting to your father's cancer diagnosis, which is a completely yeah. normal, normal reaction. 
And just kind of the way he like looks after treatment. It's right. like not such a pretty yeah. He doesn't really look like my dad anymore, to be honest. It's jarring, but he is your dad. The aesthetics come and go for all of us. So right, right. <laughs> whether it's old age or an illness. And I think you being there with him and feeling his presence, it gives you that security of like, oh, this is my dad. What I'm seeing is an element of what he's going through. And again, you'll feel much better being at his side and knowing that that's his physical state, but that's it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Oh, All right, Alex. Thank you, Alex. (laughs) All right. Keep us posted. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. And again, and see, Seri- this, these are serious fucking. Oh my god, my tits are out again. This Brandon. is why oh, I know. So I don't even bring it up anymore at this point. This is what why is like people are dealing here? with real things. See, this is why that's out because I have that. But this bra should not be exposed like that. I'm sorry. Well, you can't close it. I We're know. Both looking at it. I know. I know. Okay. Anyway, I mean, well, people are some. Dumb. That was heavy. There's some heavy shit going on. But again, it's important to hear these things. No, I know, I know. It's important for people to listen. Because when you're at the grocery store and you're mad that your checkout is taking too long, I'm not saying this to you, even though this is you. If that's the fucking worst thing you have to deal with today is your grocery line checkout taking too long, think about Alex and his dad. Mm -hmm. Like, take into account what other people are dealing with. I know it doesn't always change our irritation, but it it should be something that we take into consideration. (sighs) Too much time alone with your own thoughts is overwhelming. Yeah. I'm glad he's seeing a therapist, though. That's that's really good. That will help. In prioritizing anything just to make you feel like something is happening in your life is also going to be helpful. Carlo, oh, I, I wonder how this one's going to be. I hope it's light. We have Carlos C. We don't know where he's from, how old he is, or what he does, but he says, Hi, Chelsea. I've been working from home for close to a year. I got my first vaccine. I've been timid in regards to going inside public restaurants and movies, which is part of dating. I'm very picky. I do not currently have an interest. Plus, I lean on friendships prior to romance. My question is, are you dating and what have you been comfortable doing in regards to dating? I'm assuming that means during the pandemic. I'm up for taking hikes and walks, but that's about it, Carlos. That sounds like a question for me. I mean... Well, maybe he wants to date you. Uh, Okay. Well, is he on the phone? No. Well, this, this is just a submission. So you're just giving blind advice here. We already talked about that in dating during the pandemic with the COVID testing. Yeah, but what should, he, would, what should he be doing? Uh, like, what should people be doing who want to start dating again after the pandemic, but it's a little bit overwhelming with, like, what available options there are to date? <laughs> so here's what you're going to do. You're going to call Q Health, and you're going to get the COVID machine installed no, at your like house. it's like five grand. He can't do that. We can't offer that up. People, all right. Well, no, sweetheart. It was five grand for you because we had an unreasonable number of tests because I wanted to test everybody. Yes, you did. I think outdoor activities are great. I mean, you don't like a hike, but no, I don't. But uh, yeah, outdoor activities are great. And now if you're double vaxxed, then you can just use that as your requirement to meet anyone else. But wouldn't you just say go go on dating sites, though? Like, well, I think that what? Okay, let me reread this. Maybe I wasn't listening, sweetheart. I've been working from home for close to a year. I got my first vaccine. I've been timid in regards to going inside public restaurants and movies, which is part of dating. I am very picky. I do not currently have an interest. Plus, I lean on friendships prior to romance. He doesn't have an interest? I'm, I'm assuming that means like... An interest. I do like not an currently interest. have an interest in a person. Is he talking about a Pinterest account? It could be. My question is, are you dating and what have you been comfortable doing in regards to dating? I will. Okay, I'll answer that. I do casually date people, but I mean... Uh, not, no, 
I would just... Oh my God. Okay, sweetheart, this is not that fucking complicated. If someone was going to ask you on a date, what is a viable option for that date activity? Oh, Find an outdoor restaurant. <laughs> yes. Like every restaurant has he a fucking has, patio now. But he's saying he has no interest. He has no one of interest. That's what I don't know. So we're going to let's cover both topics. If you don't have anyone of interest, that's OK. Embrace being alone. Carlos, see. Bra- and, yeah. If you, <laughs> you know, if you don't have anyone, you don't have anyone. Said, I thought he said he has no interests. I See, I'm framing I that as he doesn't have interested in what? you're not interested in people or activities so you're alone we see we know this we've accepted it i have no if- hobbies and i don't like people you know what you can do in covid you can also if you're worried about because a lot of people are just having sex right with yeah. masks on mm-hmm. <laughs> have you done that is that why do you, you just, have to get it from behind? Do you just allow <laughs> penetration through the sheet? No, I have not done that. What I do is make sure that I know who I'm dealing with and that they're vaccinated. You know what I mean? Moving forward, I won't be hooking up with anyone that's not vaccinated, probably. That that will be my move. But you can have sex with your. <laughs> oh, my God. You can have sex with your mask on. But in my head, it's a Halloween mask. Like, you're both in costume. You, you can have sex with the mask on, but you have to do it from behind. And you cannot get closer. You can't. Well. Is it, a, is it a mask and face shield or is it just a mask? You could a do reverse shield. cowgirl. Well, yeah. Or, but, yeah. So, you can't. You, if you don't. What What is my advice? Your advice is basically doggy style. That's how to date during COVID, doggy style. Okay, this is how I did it. Now, this isn't reasonable for everybody because I did get a testing kit at my house, the Q Health testing kit. But it was like $5,000, wasn't it? Well, the testing equipment is Mm $800. Just be very honest with the pricing. is $800. And then each test is $215. But we had an excessive number of tests because you were testing everyone and you are not tech technologically inclined so a lot of them had to be retested yeah i fucked up so i would basically have guys come over to my house and i would like that i met on i'm on a dating app and i would have them come over and i would hang out with them and i would give them a test immediately we'd be sitting outside and i'd give them a test and then i would wait 20 minutes and after talking to them if i decided like oh yeah i'm into this guy takes 20 minutes to get the results, then I would just, you know, if I liked him, I'd be like, okay, you know, if he was negative, he was negative. But if I didn't like him, I would just tell them they were positive and that they had to leave. Bye-bye. Yeah. So that's one way to do it. But I don't know if you want to buy the testing kit or what your financial situation is. The other thing that I would suggest, I mean, that's how I've handled it because, yes, in the beginning of the pandemic, I'm like, yeah, who's going to hook up again? No one's ever going to, anyone who's single isn't going to hook up. I mean, imagine all the people who were having affairs during the pandemic who had to stop seeing their affair. But after three or four months, I was like, well, fuck, am I going to have sex again? I don't want to, this could go on forever. So then I was, I had to start thinking about what I was going to do. And then also, you know, you could just be, I have no advice for this. I mean, there's an accountability (laughs) and there's accessibility to rapid response tests now, basically everywhere that the vaccines are in place and there's no lines. It's quick. So if you find someone that you are interested in, you just both get tested before a date, find somewhere with a nice outdoor patio. Like, let's not make this more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. It seems very straightforward. This is straightforward, right. So problem solved again. <laughs> okay, um, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to take a quick shower and we will be right back. Thank you. 
So, well, to wrap things up for the day, our caller from uh, Salt Lake City, Jeremy was his name, who's having trouble being pansexual, I guess is interesting because it's weighted, it's it's an interesting thing to look at that because that's not my reality. So it's an interesting to know how, how common that is too, that perspective, you know? So hopefully we'll have more people like that calling in. And always, I think everybody should know by now that my opinion is always going to be to take your education and career over babies. That will always be my advice. That's how I feel. And I feel like more people need to have less children. And uh, on that note, I think, I don't know. What do you think? This was this was a heavy lift today with the advice. It was. It was hard today. I'm not, my thoughts are not clear. I'm, I have no clarity. I have no mental clarity. Well, you were, um, you were basically robbed too. I mean, it's I was like, robbed of my memory yesterday. Oh, Sorry, sweetheart, but we can make fun of your robber. I bet you he did not remember that he robbed you. He said that he did. Who knows? We need to give him some advice. I'd like to get him on the podcast. I'd uh, like to get him in jail first and then on the podcast. You, I, I wouldn't mind having him call into the podcast. Maybe the next time you chase him down the street, you can ask him. My grandmother just called her. I saw her name pop up on my phone. Oh, we'll have to call her on the car on the way back. So that's... Should we call her right that's now? That's a little troubling. She doesn't call often, and when she does, she's got something to say. Oh, I see. I mm-hmm. hear you. Copy that over and out. Whoa. Well, over and out for us. It's a wrap on this episode. Oh, it is. Okay, well. Okay, but let's what? let's remember, the yes. one thing I want to take away is that you're going to make a move on a man in person. Okay. You're going to start a conversation. All right. Well, I'm going to Hotel Bel Air later. I'll see if there's any men around that okay. I don't know. Had, this is going to be TMI, but what's the youngest you've had sex with? Mm-hmm. I'm not really into younger guys. Oh, that guy from, yeah, 28, 26. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy who robbed me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he did. That's a true story. So this guy, oh, I was dating this guy. Well, I wasn't dating this guy. I was You're casually I like, was casually interacting. interacting with him. And we were skiing together. And then he tried to use my credit card in a store to buy jewelry for himself. And pretended he was buying jewelry for me, but with my own credit card. And even after that, I felt so bad for him that mm. he had to steal from me. Like, a normal person would have been like, get out, get out. But I have no boundaries. And I was like, why are you stealing? Like, why do you need to do that? That's terrible. Kind of like, and I think I had sex with him again after he, st- he yes, stole from me. Yes, definitely I did. did. I did. I did. Oh, my God. I did. That was a very confusing time. It was anyway, confusing we- for all of us, <laughs> as a matter of fact. I mean, none of us understood what was going on. Oh, yeah. That was a d- that was right after the election. Remember when you I were went in a bad there place. and I was in a bad place? Yep. That's exactly what happened. 2016. Yep. I was in a bad place and uh, not going to do that again. And definitely. So we've both been robbed, sweetheart. We have diff- different times. Well, but now we know what this episode was about. Don't rob your neighbor. Or the girl that you're fucking. Bye. Also, I am on tour. My tickets are officially on sale. We've added a couple of extra shows. We're going to be announcing dates as we go. You can buy tickets at Ticketmaster for my shows. I'll be playing my next big show. I'm at the Santa Barbara Bowl, August 21st. So you can come see me there. And then I have all the other cities that I have already released and tickets are available and I can't fucking wait. It's called vaccinated and horny. So make sure that you bring your vaccinations and your horniness and then keep them to yourself, please. If you want any assistance with your partner, your best friend, really anything, you can write into dearchelseaproject at gmail.com. Dearchelseaproject at gmail.com.